Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So set back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi, folks. Dean Crisp in the studio this week, joined by Kelly Corbin, our business development coordinator, operations manager, and, you know, just overall Swiss Army knife for LHLN. <laughs> so we really That's appreciate you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we really appreciate you, Kelly, joining us on the podcast. Got some exciting stuff we want to talk about this week. We're going to talk about self image and self mentoring. Two of the most important components of leadership because the number one thing they give you as a leader is direction. If you lack direction as a leader, you are not going to be that effective. You are basically going to come in and just do the same things that you did yesterday, hoping and expecting you're going to get the best results or different results. Doesn't always work out. It isn't always a, ca- a, a catastrophic event or a catastrophe, but you want to get better, you got to work every single day at getting better. So today is going to be a great podcast. I'm excited. And you know, Kelly, this concept about self-image and self-mentoring is kind of a, it's been a work in progress out of a number of classes and talking about intentional leadership. And the one thing I always like to do is take that stuff deeper, you know, go deeper into that subject matter. And uh, so so as a result of that, that's so Kelly, welcome, you know, good to have you on the show this week. It's always fun to be on these. It's one of my favorite responsibilities to help you do these. So they're fun. And we usually talk about some pretty cool stuff. So, and it was fun to be in Nashville this week. What a great class that was. Um, just very, you know, great hosts with TBI Nashville and uh, great group of folks that in the class as well. So, well, you had a chance to bring your daughter over and, um, I had yes, uh, one of yeah. my longtime friends that traveled out who'd been wanting to take in the class. And, um, so Larry Brow, who we all call Bebop, one of my longtime friends, a retired coach at uh, Reynolds High School had been asking me about taking the class and he'd never been to Nashville. So I said, Hey, be a good opportunity. And then you took the opportunity to do some sightseeing and get out with your daughter and. Take a road there for it's getting ready to be the college thing for you. So glad y'all had yeah. a good time over there. It was uh, enjoyable in the classroom. So, Definitely. yeah. And, you know, I, I learned some things this week in the classroom just in terms of which is what I always try to accomplish in a classroom. I don't I, th- I think if I ever just start doing classes and they're not where I can't learn every week and I can't get some really good ideas and suggestions and some points about going deeper into the subject of leadership. And I think I'll find a way just not to do them as much, but you know, I've really enjoyed uh, every class. I I really push myself to the next level and try to get a better understanding of leadership so that I can help myself and help folks. And I think it worked this week. We had a number of folks in the classroom that came up and told us how much they appreciated it. It gave them some information. We did the intentional leadership course. We're getting ready to go back to Nashville on September the 9th. So if you haven't signed up for that one, uh, looking, that's looking to be a full class on 
the master leader presenter course, uh, where we take a major, major, major deep dive into leadership. And we think about some things that you not just normally would think about. And then we teach you how to present yourself in not only a leadership situation, but also if you have to make presentations. So it's just one of those courses that, and, and to a person, to a person, this is very rarely that anybody can say this, but to a person, we have literally heard out of the hundreds of people who have taken this course that it has changed their life way more than they ever thought it would, would change their life. Yes. And that's coming from veteran officers, chiefs, um, sheriffs. We have one sheriff um, who actually does teach for us from time to time that went out and wrote three books after he took the class. Um, so yes, it's definitely a life changing class. And I think the dates are actually the, the third, it's the third week in September, like around okay. the 15th. Right. So yeah, okay. just so, just so our listeners know when to look for it and it is filling up fast. So, uh, we do limit the size of that class because of the nature of it, but it is well worth it. And it is, um, it's a priceless class. I think that the communication and connection that they learn is invaluable if regardless of where you are in the organization. Matter matter of fact, we had a chief tell us this week that one of his uh, sergeants had taken the course a couple of weeks back and he was going to be out of town and not be able to present to his town council, to his uh, selectmen. And he was so confident with the sergeant's abilities because he had been in the class that he literally turned over a, a major presentation to the sergeant, to his selectmen. And it heard nothing but great, great comments about how the sergeant just pulled off a great presentation. So not trying to take full credit for the sergeant doing a great job. But what I am telling you is, is it does help you become one of the best presenters and one of the absolute best uh, communicators out there. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. And, and I think uh, we're going to be in Portland, Maine. Uh, August. Yes. Yeah. When is those first week those? in August? First, it's August 2nd through the 6th. We do still have some openings in that class and uh, need to hear from you as soon as possible. Would love to get you guys in that class if you're in the Northeast, um, in Maine, in the New England area. Um, so make sure you reach out and let's get you in that. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, we really appreciate everybody out there that's joined our podcast. We still remain in the top 10. Of the law enforcement, according to Police One, of the law enforcement podcast in the nation. So we really do appreciate that. Couldn't do it without you. Folks are telling, we got several calls this week about the podcast about, you know, we got one call about uh, you, Kelly, in terms of they were really enjoying your part of the podcast and what you were to offer and that perspective. So we always love hearing those comments. So thank, thank you to all of you. We couldn't do this without you. So we really appreciate that. Definitely. And um, it's always a pleasure to be on here. I think it helps you because you feel like you're having a conversation with someone. So I'm happy to help. And I think that, uh, you know, we're I'm very committed to what your goal is, which is to provide inspiration and information to our law enforcement community and our first responders all yeah, across I, the country. Yeah, no doubt about it. So one of the things we want to talk about in today's podcast, we want to talk about uh, two things. We want to talk about your self-image, which is how you see yourself. And we want to talk about self-mentoring, which is something that you can do to actually make yourself better. 
And I'm going to talk about the importance of mentoring, but I'm going to focus on you mentoring yourself and some of the reasons why you should do that. And I'm going to talk about self-image, the importance of how you see yourself as a leader and where you see yourself going. So with that, Kelly, let's go ahead and jump right into the podcast here and let's talk about some things that I think are extremely important, particularly have been important in my leadership life. And the first thing is creating a self-image that helps you become the best leader that you can possibly be. Now, a lot of people think when you say self-image that it's this prideful, haughty kind of thought of yourself. Uh, and, and I have a self-image that is one where I am constantly aware that I am trying to get myself better. Now, I want to make sure that everybody out there understands 1,000% that very rarely do I ever reach that goal of being my best. Uh, it's uh, Sunday morning, and we're doing a podcast. And I can tell you already today, there are a couple of things that I just wasn't at my best simply because I sometimes I lack patience. Sometimes I don't really stop and uh, really think, you know, I'm just like everybody else out there when it comes to leadership or it comes to being a person. But but I want people to realize that you have to create an image that kind of keeps you on track and having the right self image of yourself kind of keeps you on track when it comes to being the best person that you can be. And it gives you a direction that I think a lot of people lack uh, as it relates to leadership. A lot of people don't know where they're going. So as a result of that, the people that follow them don't know either. So I think the first step in knowing where you're going as a leader is what kind of self-image are you creating of yourself? And one of the things I know about myself is that I have a lot of good intentions. Like I have good intentions to do things and to get things done and to make progress and to move forward. And a lot of times they don't get done because I don't bridge the gap between good intentions and actions. And I don't want anyone to think that I am talking about you should focus on the results of what your self-image is. I'm talking about the journey to or the journey that it creates with having the right self-image. Right. And all, yeah, and all of us suffer from other people's views of what we are and what our self-image can be. And I remember in the 10th grade in high school when I wasn't really doing that well in school and I was, you know, not really going to stay eligible to play baseball and they wanted me to stay eligible because I was one of the best players. And, I mean, it's documented that I went on and played minor league baseball, so I'm not trying to brag that I was a good baseball player. I mean, I was right, right. I was okay, and I'm not trying – I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm trying to say that I was that great of a baseball player, but but I did have some talent. And back then, you had to stay eligible. You had to have a 2.0 in grade point average, and I was hovering around 1.5 or 1.75 or whatever because I was taking the college track, and I had gotten somehow far behind and I just wasn't up to par. So they decided they were going to put me in the bricklaying class. <laughs> and uh, I had three choices. I had bricklaying, uh, I had carpentry, 
and automotive. Well, I don't know anything about cars. I'm and, surprised uh, you didn't choose the automotive though, as much of a car buff as you are, but well, I am now, but back then I didn't, I really, I gotcha. did, yeah, cars were not what they were to me today and I couldn't cut wood straight. So I figured not really bricklaying cause I didn't want to work that hard, but they stuck me in this bricklaying class. And, and, and the one thing that being in a bricklaying class can do for you is, is, uh, begin to create a self image of yourself that maybe one of these days you're going to be a bricklayer. And, you know, I really learned the value of self image right there because I think what a lot of people out there need to realize is that everybody that you know has a narrative of you and everybody that you work with has a narrative of you. And generally it's a lot more limiting that what your own personal narrative is. So you're saying, as a, wait a minute, you're saying that somebody else's view of you is more limiting than yours is or vice versa. Did I get confused on that? Well, people who lead you and want you to really get better uh, as a rule may have a better self view of you than you might have of yourself. I gotcha. okay. But most people that you work with have a limited view of what you are. As a matter of fact, they use it to keep you down. Yeah. And they will use it to talk about you. They'll use it to always say you can't do this or you can't do this and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when you look at your self image, it's really a culmination of a lot of things. It's what you think of yourself. It's what other people think of you. And by the same token, it's generally the results of where you are right now. So for me, uh, I literally was uh, suffering from a self image that I was going to be a bricklayer if I weren't going to be a baseball player. And that'll, that will mentally begin to play on you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to, you, you see this a lot with kids that when, once they get the narrative <laughs> from other people, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a coach that they can't do something, then they basically, they start believing that. And I think that's where the danger comes in of where you're going is that it does become kind of this externally prescribed narrative of yourself that you right. start to believe. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are limited by their self image. Um, and, and if it's not a psychological self image limitation, it's a physical one. Uh, and you know, those are, those are just true. If you appear and think that you're overweight or if you think you're not as attractive or if you think that you don't appeal to people as much as some others do. And there have actually been studies, studies that have shown that people with, uh, a self image that generally is not what they think it should be do, do suffer from self esteem issues. And so self image is, huge. And, but I'm not trying to psychologically get into a person's self image. What I'm trying to get into is the self image you have as a leader, because we stay pretty much on the leadership topics here, mm -hmm. but you do have to realize that how you see yourself really is a reflection of your thought process and others combined. And I saw myself very limited in terms of uh, intellect and in terms of where I thought I might end up being. 
And, you know, it really didn't dawn on me to many, many years later that I could have allowed that self-image to really, really shape Absolutely. my life. And Absolutely. So, and luckily, I kind of, because I grew up in an environment where you had to survive on a daily basis, uh, I was able to move my self-image out of being so dependent on that. So, so let me tell you what self-image does to you. Self-image gives you direction. It creates a motivation. It keeps your mojo and it generally gives you a result. Mm -hmm. So I want people to realize that when you talk about your self image, that it absolutely gives you a direction of what you're trying to accomplish. So let me, let me talk about it in terms of leadership for me. So I have an image of what I would like to be like. And, and this is something that I want people that are listening to folks who are listening to the podcast to be aware of. There is not one leader that you want to be like. Let's take a short break from the show and we'll be right back. Hi, Straight Talk listeners. This is Kelly Corbin. If you enjoy listening to Dean on air, how would you like to have him come and either be an instructor in a live class or be a keynote speaker at an upcoming convention that you're helping to plan? If that's the case, give me a call. You can find my number at our website, www.lhln.org, or fill out the request form on our website, and I'll reach back out to you. We look forward to working with you to grow future leaders. There are a number of leaders that you should try to be like, and you should take characteristics of those leaders to create this self-image of yourself that begins to formulate where you're going in the future. Because a lot of people don't do that. They just come in and what they see in the mirror is what they believe is the limitations. And when you see, when you only look in the mirror, you will only see what you are. You will never see what you can be. So what I want you to start doing is to create this self image so that you can start seeing what you want to be in the realm of what you want to be as a leader. So you have to literally, if you want to be a more, uh, let's say I want to be more emotionally intelligent as a leader. I have to actually see myself doing that before I will ever do it. And if you're waiting on the execution of those things to improve yourself, you are not, not going to get any better. You have to see yourself doing it before you ever do it. Matter of fact, right. that's one of the secrets of psychology is that studies have shown that people who create a visualization in their brain to do things are much more productive at getting those done than people who never visualize those things. You so, know, it's so funny. It's so funny you bring that up because I remember in high school, you know, I played um, golf. I was on the varsity team, was captain senior year, and our coach was one of the first ones. We went to state, I think, junior and senior year in Kansas, and um, he actually started introducing. He had made friends with this guy who was kind of into that, and it was all new. This was like the mid '80s, I would say, early mid '80s. 
And um, that was kind of the new concept of you have to visualize that you can hit the ball right and it's going to go down the middle of the fairway and it's going to be the distance you want. And so that was like all new to me as a 17, 18 year old kid um, when I'm a senior. But I, I totally get it now. I mean, I I try to do that a lot with other things, other aspects of my life of like just visualizing what the outcome is going to look like and and the process that you go through to get to that outcome in order to achieve it. I think it works really, really well. Well, let me bridge the gap here because I know that a lot of people might be saying, well, what image do I get of a leader? Well, now here's where the play on that is a little bit. I don't want you seeing a picture of a leader and saying, that's what I want to be like that person. I want you to picture the results that you're going to get by this self image you create. Yes. That gives you those results that you're going to see. For example, it, it, you know, I can't think of a better result than any leader could have, especially for followers and especially for people that they're working with. I can't think of a better result for them to continually to go around and say, I love my job. If they love their job, you better bet there there is a good leader connected to them being able to say that. Because if there is not a good leader connected to that, they will never say, I love my job. They will say, I hate my boss, but I like what I do. I mean, that is just the way people are. Uh, there has to be a combination of things that you do in your workplace and a love for your leaders that creates you to be able to say, I love my job and I don't care who you are. So as a leader, what I'm saying is I want you to create that self image of how do I do that? How do I get someone to say, I love my job? Now, let me give you an example of creating a self-image for me because there's characteristics of other leaders that I want to emulate. Like, for example, the ability to present themselves with just a, I don't want to say an aura about them, but a professionalism about them that connects people is John Maxwell. You know, and I'm not trying to say that I'm trying to be a John Maxwell wannabe. I'm not. But what I am trying to do is use his characteristics of where he takes concepts and he can put them together simplistically and connect with people. So when I'm presenting, I want to have that. I don't want to be John Maxwell. And I'm not telling any of y'all to be anybody but yourself. But there are traits of leaders that you should put into a wish list of what you wish you were like that you could work towards. And that creates the self-image you're shooting for. So it gives you a visualization of how that's executed. Do y'all, does, I hope everybody gets that. So no, I think that's a great point. I think you're saying that basically what I hear you saying is that you, you know, you can't be somebody else, but you can take traits or characteristics that you admire in that other person and try to emulate them in your own way. But I'm not trying to be John Maxwell. I'm trying to be, I have John Maxwell impact and influence in through Dean Crisp. Correct. So that's, so I can see how he does that, which gives me an idea of this is how you could do it, you know? And then, you know, you've heard me talk about uh, David Goggins 
and I don't like any of his personal traits. I don't know him as a person, so let's not. And I definitely am not a David Goggins hater. I'm a David Goggins. I admire him to the nth degree, and am very respectful of what he's ha- what he's accomplished. I, I'm just not that. Um, you know, I'm not as hardcore as he is, and I don't see things like he does. Of course, I've not even accomplished a quarter of what he's done. So what I'm saying though is, is that he has this major drive about him where he doesn't, he doesn't want to quit on anything and he will do anything. Although, you know, he, I'm not talking about his personal life and I'm not talking about friendships. I'm talking about running and pushing himself to physical boundaries. He just has that amazing ability to do that. I like that where I don't want to quit and I don't want to give up either. So I like those traits about him. So here again, I'm creating a self-image where I see myself having the grit not to quit. And I almost grit. Not, oh, I like that. Grit not to quit. The grit not <laughs> to quit. I know, I know. So I just make something Okay, up. I'm writing that one down because we need yeah. quotes from you anyway. <laughs> yeah, the grit not to quit. And, and I like that part, you know. And then when you talk about connective, you've heard me say this. You know, I admire Billy Graham, who the longtime pastor to the presidents and one of the greatest evangelists of all time. I'm not talking about his religious life. I'm talking about his ability to connect with people was well known. And so I'm just giving you three examples of when you create a self image, you're like, I want to be able to have the message, the depth and the simplicity like Maxwell the grit to not quit like David Goggins and the connectivity of Billy Graham. Well, that's a self-image, right? And that creates a rather productive self-image. But one thing that does is it gives me great direction. Like it keeps me working towards those things always. So what it does is it gives me direction. The second thing it does is it motivates me Mm -hmm. because it motivates me to have impact on others because your self image should be used as a motivation, not a competition with others. Like a motivation to action. Yes. And and the one thing, and also the motivation to get other people to act, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I've said this and I will do, a, I, you know, we might do a podcast about this later on, which I think is a good idea is you st- you need to stop competing with your people. Mm. You know, yes. so, yeah. you know, when you, when you have a motivation to compete with your people, it's always a negative outcome. So what I'm talking about is a self image. You have the motivation to say, all right, this is what I want to be. So I create this image. It gives me direction. Now it keeps me motivated when I don't meet it. The third thing it does is it gives me a mojo about myself. And I'm not talking about a mojo of overconfidence or arrogance, but it gives you a confidence. When you have the right mojo, you are not paralyzed. You will do things. And I think if you look in law enforcement, one of the reasons we've kind of not done a lot in the last year and a half in terms of progressing our image and our image has been stolen is because we've had our mojo in law enforcement stolen. Absolutely. When the mojo gets stolen, it creates a paralysis, mm-hmm. you know? So I think we're suffering from paralysis because we don't, you know, we're paralyzed because we don't really know what we're doing. So it, it gives you a, a mojo, you know, it's like you have a confidence about you that 
can create a, a results orientation, but it can create an environment around you to where people can be their best. And I know one thing, I want to follow a leader that creates an environment around them. So people need to realize as leaders that when you create an environment, you begin to create a culture around you. And culture is extremely important when it comes to self-image is what culture do I put myself in? And you tend to create a culture that is one that people are, 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 are driven to, one that people want to be in, one that people, uh, look at themselves to being their best. I have never seen a great leader that does not create an environment around them that allows people to be totally better. I mean, I've never seen it. They, they always do that. Remember, the ultimate goal is to say, I love my job. And when you create an environment around there, so. Now, I think those are really good points. I mean, the culture thing is really important because I think there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but they don't necessarily walk the walk. And um, that probably goes back to their self-image in some fashion. Walking the walk is impossible 100% of the time. Um, I don't want people to have a, a false belief that if you slip, you're going to be totally, you've totally fall. Remember, you do catch yourself sometimes. And you are human. That's right. And you do fall. I mean, you can't totally walk the walk all the time. I mean, I mean, I don't care what it is. Circumstances will create where it's impossible to walk the walk. That doesn't mean you don't get back on track quick. Uh, so I, I want people to realize that. Uh, so what happens when you create direction and you have the motivation and you have your mojo is you get the result that you want. And that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, is the result that you're wanting. And what I want people to realize is do not wait till you are good at these things that you want to be good at. Practice them daily and you'll get better. You know, when you look at things, if I were to draw a circle for you and I'd say, okay, the circle represents the leader. What are all the things that, what are the characteristics they ought to have? Well, then the arrow would naturally point inward to them, like confidence, credibility, da, 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 trust, you know, humility, all those things, uh, empathy. But what I want to encourage people is to point the arrows outward and apply yes. those to people first. Don't wait till you get good at them. Cause if you wait till you get good at them, you will never do them. Uh, because there's never really a point when you start developing a skill set that you say, okay, I'm good enough to go out and do it because as soon as you do that, you're going to fail. And then you will go back and you'll be like, oh gosh, you know, I failed at that. Well, that's just realize that part of your mojo is realizing that you're not going to be successful at some of these things. Like this past week, you know, we had 40 some odd people in the classroom and it was just a tremendous week. Although I'm sure that there were a few that maybe didn't connect like some of the others. And it wasn't because we weren't really trying. They just probably weren't ready. Yeah. And, and I don't see that as a personal failure. I, I went out there and tried my best and I gave it my best, which created the environment for people to get better. And some are going to get it and some aren't. 
you just have to remember you will never ever really get everybody rowing in the right direction. But what you have to do is get enough rowing in the right direction that the ones rowing in the wrong direction aren't pulling you backwards. And that's so, where people need to realize that. So I have a question. And that is, you know, one of the things that we always emphasize as part of this whole um, kind of self-mentoring process is the importance of kind of journaling your leadership. And I know you're going to talk about that in a minute. So I may be getting ahead of myself. But one of the things that we're always kind of struck by is in classes like last week that there's always people that don't journal. They don't see the value in it or they are off put by it, whether it's because they're men or in a law enforcement profession, you know, what, what would you say, why have you always journaled and what do you see the value in, in that, um, in terms of a leader and, and what you've experienced in your own personal growth by being able to do that? Well, I mean, I'm going to talk about journaling in a minute, but I will say one thing. I have not always journaled. I began journaling when I decided I was really going to get better. Mm-hmm. I began journaling when I made the real decision to take getting better seriously. Um, and I journaled back in the day because I couldn't remember it all. And I wanted to write some of it down. And honestly, I thought that when I was reading books and stuff back then, you know, and, and it's well documented, you know, that I, and I talk about it a lot about having limiting reading skills and I had to write in order to keep up with what I was reading. And so that became a form of journaling for me as a necessity. But I started journaling as a leader when I made the decision I was going to get better and that I yeah. was not ever going to be satisfied with my leadership. That's when I really journal. Uh, a lot of people make the mistake of journaling because somebody tells them to journal, which is the wrong reason to journal. The reason you journal is because you're keeping score of where you are and you know where you're going. I call journals future self journals based upon the old self. So if if I have a future self journal based on the old self, I, I keep score. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can go to www dot lhln.org to find upcoming classes where you can book Dean for his new class. And you can also check out his new book, Essential Leadership Lessons from the Thin Blue Line. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.